I read a report that said that they they had an empty locker next to Yonder and John Jay's locker in the clubhouse for spring training. Wow. Just in case. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 46. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, not going to lie, I want to be excited about today, but I'm I'm just really struggling. We finally got a recording where we can actually talk about a major deal, but it's about a guy that I don't like very much. I know, and he's got like the biggest deal of all time, which kind of hurts. Well, let's be honest, it's not going to last long because you know Harper is just waiting out for him to make a deal. Yeah, yeah, he's going to break it soon. Hopefully, you know, the next couple of days. Well, I did see apparently that he, uh, there's a chance, and I know this is just another rumor in the old rumor world, but sounds like he might know by Friday, which I would think would would be somewhat legit because, I mean, at this point, you got... Teams you got games starting. Yeah, up I mean, you got you got teams. They, they reported you got games starting up soon. Like, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Like the first domino is is obviously fallen. Machado, you, like you know the details of his contract. So if if you really are just trying to hold out for uh, the record deal that you're so obviously seeking, you have yeah. that information now, so you can move forward. Right. You can beat that. The rest of the free agents hopefully start falling. I'm sure they'll fall today after our recording. Yeah, I'm sure. But before we get too into that, uh, I want to run through something real quick that I'm legitimately excited about because we all know I don't want to sit here and talk about Machado for a half hour. Um, but the Duke-UNC game tonight, you, yeah. can, you can catch your boy there tonight. Yeah. I'll be. Uh, you'll probably be able to see me on TV. I'll be down on press row, down down on the left side, down towards the end. So right. I'll be there. Apparently, the tickets are going for like four grand right now, like one ticket. What? That's absurd. Yeah, they play every year. Yeah, but Zion <laughs> Zion Williamson doesn't play every year, so I guess that's kind of true. Kind of the thing, but yeah, I'll be uh, as with all the other home games, humble brag, I guess I'll be there, uh, down on press row. Yeah, that seems fun. So uh, you can catch your boy down there. Um, I'll be at, I'll be at work, so but I will bo- I will be watching. I'll have it on. Yeah, tune in. Uh, but yeah, it sucks. Part I think part of the reason my excitement is just low right now, not just about the Machado thing, but just in general, it's just cold and dreary here. <laughs> and it was like sleeting last night, and I'm sure, I'm sure that it's like 80 degrees out there. So, um, let's go ahead and check real quick, just to just to get it official here. You know, it's a little cold today. It's a little. If cold you today. say I... anything even close to like 75, I'm gonna hop off this no. podcast right now. No, it's actually a little cold. High of 54. All right. I thought it was gonna be a little warmer out there, but uh, maybe it's something going on. Maybe it's your fault. I don't see how it would be my fault. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've put up, I've put up with enough this winter. You don't have, you don't have these same problems as I do. It rained once. Okay, 
All right. Well, we're done talking about this. <laughs> do uh do baseball history before we have to talk about the bum. Fair enough. We have five today. Hey. Yeah. Uh, February 21st is when you'll be hearing this. Uh, 1945, due to wartime travel restrictions, baseball decides to cancel the All-Star Game. The Midsummer Classic has taken place annually since the game's inception in 1933. What a sad All-Star week. Uh, 1974, Tom Seaver becomes the highest paid pitcher in baseball history when he signs a contract for $172,000. Big money. Yeah. Uh, 1986, in defiance of the Reds' policy, Raleigh Fingers refuses to cut off his trademark handlebar mustache and retires from baseball. That boy, Raleigh? (laughs) Stick to your guns. (laughs) Future Hall of Famer reliever who leaves the game with 341 saves had been offered a contract by Cincinnati skipper Pete Rose after being released by the Brewers at the end of last season. I love it. Crazy. Speaking of Pete Rose, 1989, Reds manager Pete Rose meets with Commissioner Peter Uberroth Uberroth, and Commissioner-elect Bart Giamatti to explain the allegations concerning his gambling habits. Major League Baseball will launch a full investigation into the matter next month, which will lead to Charlie Hustle's permanent ban from the game in August. So, uh, yeah. So next, um, so next month, huh? 2019? Yeah. <laughs> I hate the language on some of these. They make it know, sound like harsh. it's current day. I'm just like, yeah. wait, Pete Rose is still under investigation for gambling? <laughs> in the year 2000, denying the acquisition of Ken Gurphy Jr. as the reason, the Reds announced the team has dropped its ban on earrings. Players have worn them in the clubhouse but weren't allowed to wear them on the field. The Reds, I think, were a little more strict than everyone knew. Sounds like it. I'm pretty sure they're, uh, well, I mean, it's no mystery. They're one of the more traditional teams in baseball. I mean, with their. No, no handlebar mustaches, no earrings. Yeah. I mean, they're the, what, the oldest team in baseball? They've got yeah. their old uh, opening day traditions. So, I mean, can't say I'm surprised. Although, very surprised that they signed Yasiel Puig, having said, yeah. all, having said all that. This is true. This is true. Had to get rid of Homer Bailey, though, because a bum. No, we're going to, believe me, we're going to talk about a guy who's a bum. So, <laughs> Speaking of bum, you've got a guy? Do I have a guy? Yeah, who who's that? I've got a guy, Nate. His name is Manuel Manikin Machado. Manikin Machado. Well, before we talk about Manikin Machado, I uh, thought I'd share some of the responses that I got to yesterday's Instagram story. Um, I put up. I'm sure you saw it. I put it up, basically asking what you would do with 300 million dollars. Yeah, uh, I got some pretty good answers. Um, just run through some of them real quick. Let's see here. Starting off, somebody said they wanted to become the next Marlins man and go to every big game. Respectable. I would do that if I had the money. Yeah. Um, somebody would buy the Mets and actually pay some of their players. I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing they're a little salty about the the Mets this offseason. Um, pay for my college and pay pay off my parents' home mortgage. That's that's commendable. Oh, that's sweet. 
Um, these two, I feel like, are somehow interconnected. One guy said, or somebody said, buy a few burgers, and then the next person said, end world hunger. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe if we get those two people in the same room, we could work something out here. Uh, somebody said, buy the Padres. Um, don't think you're getting the Padres for 300 million. Right. That's what considering our considering for. they just paid one of their players that amount. <laughs> and they have a number of players left to be covered. Um, somebody said they'd buy like a thousand A2Ks and a thousand A2000s and also a huge house with a baseball field on the back. So hardcore baseball player right there. Can't really agree because I'm a, I'm a Rollins guy, so I would yeah. not be buying A2000s. Buy two tickets to the Duke UNC game because it sounds like 300 million would barely just cover that. <laughs> Uh, somebody said hookers and cocaine. Whoa. All it's, right. Uh, got dark real quick. <laughs> and then my favorite of all the answers, what somebody would do with $300 million, they would pay Manny to retire from baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking considering he just took 300 million to play baseball, you might have to pay him a little more to retire from baseball. But nonetheless, the sentiment is just fantastic. Uh, but speaking about Manikin Machado, obviously signed a 10-year, $300 million deal yesterday. Finally. Finally. The biggest free agent contract in history of American sports, which presumably, as we said, will be broken shortly by uh, a Bryce Harper. Uh, the deal includes an opt-out after the fifth season. And... Reportedly contains a limited no-trade clause. So, what's your take on Mannequin? Uh, good for the Padres, I guess. I mean, we got one of the dudes. And, you know, f- future's looking bright. I they, They're not done. I think they need to sign a couple more pieces. But, you know, the, the that lineup is looking okay, I guess. You know? You're going to be uh, Will Myers is mixed in there, Eric Cosmer is mixed in there, Hunter Renfro. Um, hopefully, you know, Ian Kinsler still has something left in the tank for them. So, like, uh, that's not bad. I don't see it being, like, they're not a playoff contender, you know? Well, a very reputable uh, sports, I don't even know what you'd want to call them, a sports company, we'll just leave it at that, has them being World Series contenders in two years. It- I mean, maybe they have a top ten farm system, top three farm system. No, I mean, top one farm system. Top one farm system. They're uh, what do they got? Like ten players in the top one hundred, something like that. Yep, prospects. That is correct. That you never know. A couple years. I think two years is pushing it. But I mean, do you think? I don't think Machado is going to stick this whole contract out to you. I mean, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, why? Like, why wouldn't you? Because if you've made the decision, uh, okay, unless he, he has this total shift in heart of why he wants to be there, because I, I would imagine at this point, initially looking at it, it appears as though he went for the money, because yeah. although they have a deep farm system, doesn't look like they're ready to win, at least for the time being. I'm thinking, unless he has a, a, a change in heart, and then he decides all of a sudden halfway through, oh, I want to start winning games and winning championships, then maybe he'll leave. But at this point, because he made the decision to go for 10 years and $300 million, I don't see why he would leave. 
Yeah, and apparently the contract isn't even really like uh, like backloaded. So he's it's not like he's making twenty six this year and then like finally making like thirty eight or whatever by the time the end end of the contract rolls around. It's like all thirty a year, I think. So I don't I don't know if I see him sticking around. I I could see this being like an A Rod in in Texas type of situation. Yeah, but I feel like even A Rod, as much as I think that guy's a tool, I think he there is part of him that wanted to win baseball games. I don't see that in Manny Machado. I just don't. And you can't convince yeah. me otherwise. Which leads me to believe if you're going to sunny San Diego, like what is what else do you need? If you're not there to necessarily win championships, you've got money, you've got a place to live. One of the Sweet best. Place. Yeah, one yeah. of the one of the best. And you're chilling. Like, what else do you need? Why would you want to leave? Fair. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I don't know. They need to they need to do some stuff though, because you're gonna have a pissed off fan base if you just stop there and rely on only prospects. You gotta trade a couple prospects, go get a dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. I've been saying that all along. Just because they have the deepest farm system and all these prospects doesn't mean jack if you don't manage them properly. Like if you just let them rot yeah. away in, in the in the system, or you don't ship them out elsewhere to bring in pieces that can help you win right now, it's all for yeah. nothing. Like there's no there's no point in in taking pride in having this farm system if you don't use it properly. And I think right. that. I think there was that was probably part of the conversation with Mannequin, um, and I mean, I that to me that's going to be the biggest X factor in all of this like postseason talk surrounding the Padres is if they can man, properly manage those because as you just listed off with their lineup, they don't have enough to win right now. They just don't. No, not yet, not yet. They need. They. De- I don't even know a dude on the pitching staff. Like I don't think I can name a starter. They need to. They need to go get somebody. Here's the thing. Like, here's what bothers me about how long this took and how late the decision has been made. You kind of handcuffed your own team. You know what I mean? Like you. How so? Is it too late to make trades? Like our GM's going to be like, "No, nah, this is the roster we're going to go in. We're everyone's reported. We're already here." Yeah. No. That, now, I mean, that's a that's a great point. I mean, for like now we're just going to go with this team. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not answering any calls. Yeah, I mean, financially, I'm sure they could make it work, like if they needed to sign somebody or whatever. But even like with trades, like you just said, I mean, we're getting to the point where it's like teams aren't going to want to be bringing in new guys like at the end of March. Like nobody wants yeah. to do that. Right. So, I mean, that's and a like, great point. They were linked to Cindergard early in the offseason. That's probably dead. Like you can't you can't warm up those conversations again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because especially with pitchers. Those guys are the most routine people in all of sports. Right. So, and especially a veteran like Syndergaard, that guy's like, that guy's set in his routine. He has showed up and he knows what he's doing for the next three weeks, four weeks. So, you can't do that. And that's what I'm saying is that, like, if Mannequin took so long to sign with your own team, you handcuffed your own team. So, that supports your side even more with the fact that he probably doesn't really care that much. Well, I can tell you somebody mannequin didn't handcuff. Um, and that's the citizens of California, 
With a 13.3 tax rate on highest earners, Manny Machado, Mannequin Machado will pay the state $39.9 million over the next 10 years. And that's according wow. to John Heyman on Twitter. Sweet deal for California. Um, speaking of California, I know we've talked about kind of their postseason potential, if you will. Uh, just thought it'd be worth noting that there has not been a championship for a major sports franchise in San Diego. Um, and then in 49 in 49 years so far, the Padres have been to the playoffs five times. So how much do you think this move really, if it, if it all, flips that narrative? Mm, not much. Not much. Sorry. I mean... He went to a very stacked up, talented Dodgers team last year, and it didn't change the narrative. So, and here, yeah, and before you continue, I was I was reading or I was following a conversation between some people, and they somebody had proposed that same argument, like, oh, well, he went to the Dodgers, they couldn't do anything. But then on the flip side, somebody said, yeah, but the Dodgers being back x amount of games at x amount of, or x point in the season. They climbed all the way back and won a one-game playoff for the for the division title. So, how much do you think he played a role in that, and how much do you think that could potentially transition to the Padres? I think you'll see a bump in energy, and that's what I probably would guess that clubhouse felt for the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Like we went and got a guy who's going to help us out. Time to play, and it's not like he tore it up. You know, like I, I think he hit like two fifty. Yeah, sure, he hit some home runs with the with the Dodgers, but like he didn't he didn't come and just totally light it up. Right. He played okay. But I think it's more about okay, now our front office is behind us, we're gonna go get this thing. And so maybe that's what the Padres are feeling right now. That's probably what their fan base is feeling right now. Okay. Our front office is finally spending money to make us happy. Let's go to these games. Let's play for these games. Let's you know, let's tear it up. We're now going to be televised more. We're now, you know, going to have butts in the seats. So, Ooh. I I think <laughs> I'm surprised you're not. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that's probably what the Padres are feeling. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think energy. I think buzz. Uh, I think like those overall are, those numbers. Are... I don't think it's going to be totally skewed because. Of him solely. Well, Nate, it's funny you mentioned numbers because I have numbers for you. Uh, did a little digging around, found out some some uh, changes in said numbers regarding this Machado acquisition. The Padres World Series odds from before and after this deal. Their odds before the deal eighty to one. They're now fifty to one. Their season mm-hmm. their season win total. Uh, increased from 76.5 to 79.5. Their NL pennant chances increased from 50-1 to to 25-1. to Or, I guess, decreased. Increased, whatever. I don't... I suck it out. I don't don't know odds. (laughs) Uh, But nonetheless, sounds like... Which, I mean, I guess is somewhat common sense. He will help the team. It's just, I think, at this point, which none of us know, is a matter of how much he will help the team. Yeah, and I also think this year is not the year. I think we can all agree on that because it took so long. Like uh, you, you handcuffed your own team. That's that's you got to see that. Like you got to see that as a selfish move. I don't know, but there's a ton of free agents 
minutes left, so you never know. Maybe they just go they go get a Dallas Keuchel and a Gio Gonzalez and Wade Miley, and now they have a decent rotation. Well, you want to talk about a selfish move. How about these reports after the deal yesterday saying San Diego still interested in pursuing Harper, and then literally an hour later, San Diego bows out gracefully of Harper sweepstakes <laughs> due, to, due, the, due to the Machado signing. I don't know. Like, do you think they signed Machado and then were like, all right, this is sweet. Let's go get Harper. And then an hour later, they're like, wait, we, the bank account. we signed Machado. <laughs> like, we can't do this. Like, you got to have a little more awareness. They looked at the bank account, man. It's like when you when your friend asks you to go out to dinner, and you're like, hey, let's go get something to eat. And then you look at your bank account. Uh, no, nah, I got to bow out. Can't do it. Yeah, but that. literally, I mean, what did they think was going to happen? They were going to look in the bank account and there'd be nothing or there'd be the $300 that they or $300 million that they just dished out. Do they think it was still going to be there? Like, how do you how do you not know this? Like, what changes is in an hour after just signing the biggest deal in sports? Harper is probably like, yeah, no, I'm not playing with Manny Machado. Mannequin Machado is not a good teammate. So I'm out. That's probably what he said. Gracefully bows out. Whatever. Well, speaking of the Harper sweepstakes, how do we feel right now for the how bad do we feel for the White Sox and in this Machado brutal. signing? They, I mean, they thought they thought they had well, I won't say locked up, but I'm pretty sure the White Sox were feeling pretty good about three, four days ago. I know. And they thought they had the top offer money wise. Not so much. I mean, Yonder Alonzo, John Jay, your boys are probably like, why am I here now? Like, why am I stuck in Chicago? <laughs> Can I request a trade? <laughs> no, but apparently they have a, a, a read a report. It said that they, they had an empty locker next to Yonder and John Jay's locker in the clubhouse for spring training. Wow. <laughs> Just in case. It's, the the report said, just in case. That is so desperate. That's depre- as depressing as what it is. Like <laughs> now they can just use it as a place to mourn. I guess. Yeah. I don't. That was wild. Just put a mannequin of Machado in there. <laughs> well, yep. well done. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned. Thinking they had the top offer, their offer was reported at eight years, two hundred fifty million. Um, what are the White Sox doing? Like, how do you not lock either one of these guys up by now? Like, how have you not done that by now? Yeah, for real. Like, they haven't reached the postseason since two thousand eight. They finished fourth in the Central for the fifth straight year, going at sixty two. And 100. Chicago had not lost 100 games since 1970 prior to last season. What are you doing? If you're trying to win baseball games, if you're trying to promise a championship to your fans, if you're trying to do something that you haven't done in a while, you're going to need to do something that you haven't done in a while, and that's spend a lot of money. It doesn't matter if it puts you in a little bit of a bind. You have to do something. And they have, well, they had to prime opportunities to do that and they just lost out on one they're not getting Bryce Harper I don't see that happening I mean I've got a lot of uh, um, I'm reading that a lot of people are saying they don't think the White Sox will strike out twice but I'm thinking they do because they have waited around too long they have not 
at least from what I've heard, maybe they have, they have not promised this crazy spending like the Phillies have, which makes me think that it's either going to be Philly or Washington for the Nash or for Harper. So like, what are they doing? Dude, really? Cause like, like, like part of me feels bad for them, but then part of me is like, no, you, you did this to yourself. Yeah. Cause they're, they're caught in no man's land, you know, like you, you traded away Chris sale. Yeah. You got Moncada back, but he's kind of looking like a dud. Jose Abreu was on the market last year. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? I'm a little confused. Right. You know, like, I'm, not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I'm not getting what you're trying to do. If you're going to commit to a rebuild, commit to a rebuild. If you're going to commit to winning, spend some money. But you're not doing anything. You're just like sitting there losing games. It's weird. And my thing with this whole like, oh, we thought we had the largest deal. If you're, if you're willing to spend 250 plus, and if, if you're trying to lock one of these guys up, knowing that there's a handful of teams pursuing them, and I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not the GM or the president or whatever, but you're you're going to have to make a little bit of a sacrifice and just pull the trigger, even if it's even if it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Like you can't just be like, oh, we're going to throw a number out and just assume or hope that it's the highest number. I'm I'm thinking you might even have to make a deal that is kind of a little bit out of your comfort zone a little bit and be like, I don't think a team's going to spend this much, but this is what we're, we're going to have to do the outbidding here. Thousand percent. They you haven't, have they haven't Bryce done that. Arbor, you have to give Bryce Arbor a blank check right now. Which, you write it. Which I don't think they will because they they come out, they came out and said after Machado signing that they weren't able to make it to 300 million, which I I think that, that quote itself pretty much all but eliminates them from the Harper sweepstakes because you know, as we already said, Harper's going to want more than that now that Machado, uh, now that that domino has fallen. Mannequin. You know he's going to want more. So I'm writing Chicago off. I don't. Yeah. Smart. Don't think it's happening. I would too. I would too. Um, Did a lot of talking about Mannequin and we did a lot of talking about the Padres. That's enough for me. I'm getting physically ill right now. Yeah, I'm a little nauseous. Uh yeah, so I can't. Super happy he's not a Yankee though. Like ah, yeah, I'm thrilled. I was very that made me very depressed. I'm I not gonna lie. So... I was really holding out hope that he would sign with the Yankees because that would have been just a wild ride. That would have the show. This show itself would have the entertainment value would have just multiplied. No, tenfold. no, it wouldn't because you would have had a depressed. It would co-host. have been. Yeah, but the host would have been riding high, and to me, <laughs> that's all that matters. Before we move on, it, <laughs> do you did you see that little the video of the little kid at spring training? Yeah, what kind of drugs was that kid on, man? That kid is awesome. That's my spirit child. Good, we don't want him on the Yankees. Just... He said everything. He said everything that we we wanted to say as Yankees fans. <laughs> he said it's it's like having Tom Brady on the Dolphins. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I showed some of my coworkers that, and I'm like, sounds like a kid's pretty educated. Sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying, did a lot of talking about Mannequin, did a lot of talking about uh, the Padres. Um, and speaking of the Padres, former San Diego Padres manager, current 
San Francisco Giants manager Bruce Bochy announced recently that he will be retiring at the end of this season, uh, which this will be his 25th season as a major league manager. Um, spent 12 years with the Padres and then, what, I guess that makes, if my math serves me correctly, 13 with the Giants? 13? Yeah, it right, be the 13. right around yeah. there. Uh, did you know he was born in France? Wow. Did, did, you, did you have any idea? He was no. born in, and my my French knowledge is really going to come out here, Boussac Foray, Boussac, <laughs> Boussac Foray, France. I took I took intro to French twice in middle school, so it sounded like you were burping when um, you started to say that. Um, Boussac Foray, France. I'm basically cool. a, I'm basically a Frenchman. Like I said, took yeah. intro to French twice in middle school. Um, but yeah, led the Giants as we all know to World Series titles in 2010, 2012, 2014. Had a lot of people thinking they'd win it in 2016 and 2018, just to keep the even years thing going. Uh, but unfortunately, baseball doesn't work that way. Um, a little note here on Bruce, or rather, a little note here that potentially helps Bruce's case with the Hall of Fame. Every manager with three or more titles has been inducted to the Hall of Fame. So what are your thoughts on old Brucey? Well, I think I saw that he's currently sitting like 11th all-time in wins for managers. Correct. Uh, It's it's a no-brainer for me. Um, He's definitely getting into the Hall. But uh, with three rings, I mean, I can't – who do you got? You got – Tori Larusa. Do you know the other guys? I'm honestly not up to up to par with manager knowledge. Yeah. Um But I mean so, I can't I mean, imagine there being that many. Yeah, I think there's only like five. Including Bochi. But uh yeah, I think it's probably the right time. This is I think it's a, a graceful way to go. You know, like it's kinda like what um we mentioned about CC last week. Right. But I said, like, he didn't want to, you know, outstay his, his welcome. I f- have that feeling with Bochi. You know what I mean? He's an old school guy. Um, they're not winning. You know, you, you've you had rumors about shopping. You've had rumors about trying to get good players, neither of which have happened. Um, and then, you know, you're talking about, the whole opener thing. And then Madison Bumgarner was like, if you use an opener while it's my game, I'm leaving. Like I'm walking out. So I think that just tells you that like this, this franchise kind of needs like a new upgrade, a new, some fresh blood. Look. Yeah. needs a new look. So yeah, it's, it's probably good timing for boats. Yeah. The, I, I was reading some reports about the interviews that had taken place down there at spring training following this uh, announcement. And it seemed that the theme of these interviews was his gut, being a guy that managed with his gut, a guy that relied on his gut um, to really guide his, his baseball career. And as you and I have talked about, like when we've talked about uh, Showalter and, and, and more old school guys like that, it's yeah. hard to survive in a with that in a world of analytics, you just, it's, 
you can't you can only defend that for so long like before the analytics came along it was a great defense for manager like no like believe me i i know what i'm doing but at this point at this point because there's so many numbers and reports and different ways of looking at the game through like science and physics you can't you can't use that managing with a gut excuse or not, i don't want to say excuse but you can't use that as a defense anymore yeah and i think that's kind of he he said because i've managed or i'm i'm paraphrasing but essentially because i've managed with my gut my whole career i have to rely on my gut to know when it's time to hang it up and i think this is the time so pretty cool to see that he at least acknowledges that and right. he, ha- he has the awareness to do so um and it's and it'll be good to see him be able to go out on his own terms because um it was becoming more and more evident that the giants understandably so would be faced with a tough decision. Like you don't want to, you don't want to send your, had he decided to stick around, you don't want to send him out on bad terms because he did so much yeah. organization, but because he's, uh, he's decided to go out on his own timetable. It, it kind of eliminates that, which I think is cool. So. Yeah. And you know, probably also doesn't want to stick around for this anymore. Like they're, they're a lot like the white Sox. They're sitting in no man's land. You have talent on your roster. You have, you know, arguably superstars on your roster. Right. And you kind of went for it last year with the Longorian McCutcheon thing. I don't know. You got kind of excited about something, but I think we all knew it was like, this doesn't mean much. And now you're just talking about openers. So, like, well, they like kind of threw their hat into the Harper ring, I guess you could yeah, say. Like yeah. it was kind of weird. It was like it's kind of like all the cool kids at the table, and then this team, this this kid just walks up, and they're like, "What are you doing here? Like you don't belong here." <laughs> I feel like that's how the, I feel like that's how the giant or the Giants were treated in this whole thing. It's like I don't know how serious they actually were because I didn't really, I didn't really hear about them until just recently, like. It was, the one, only of the, it was one of those heard, like the last reports where it was like, oh yeah, by the way, the Giants are one of the mystery teams. Yeah, the only quote I heard was, "All smoke and no fire." <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's accurate. So like, that just tells you. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. Do you sell everybody? Do you build around Buster Posey? Do you? I mean, Mad Bum isn't that old. I think he's only like thirty or thirty-one. So. Yeah, there, I don't know. there used to be a day where Buster Posey was viewed as like the best player in baseball. Yeah, Brandon Belt is still good. So like you have pieces. So like I I don't know. Maybe they'll get some of these free agents. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I I mean I would like to see Bochi be able to at least put a decent team. I mean it's not obviously his role necessarily, but uh, to put a team together rather. Um, but I would like to see him be at the helm of somewhat of a decent team in his last year because yeah go for it a little bit he's just he's obviously been a a staple in in baseball management for as we said last quarter of a century um so yeah i mean for me it'd be something cool to see him maybe not i mean you're not going to contend for a title but at least not just be so bad that it's like an yeah it's just an embarrassment at the end of the season so yeah I don't know. Uh, but moving on here, wrapping up with our, our final talking points, uh, the 
Major League Baseball cracking down on the the cheating through uh, sign stealing. Yeah, they're um, so slight. I would think that it's safe to say that this is long overdue. Yeah, probably. And it, it's actually kind of weird when I was reading through it. Like it was weird that this stuff isn't already happening. They're basically saying the only cameras allowed in the outfield in between the foul poles are broadcast cameras. Right. Like, I figured that would have been a thing already. So, I I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get film on their players or something like that. But, um, you know, two teams that come to mind, I think it was the Astros that were accused of doing stuff. They were cleared of it. And then I read in the article that the Red Sox did it and they were find an undisclosed amount of money. So I don't know what that means, but, um, five dollars, five dollars, probably something light. And then, yeah. So basically there's the fine for doing anything cheating wise, as far as stealing signs, stealing signs, uh, will either cost you draft picks or, uh, international signing money, which I'm, I'm a big fan of. Like, I'm all so here's the thing. I'm all for organic sign stealing. Like you can't rid the game of that. You can't rid the game of organic sign stealing. It's been around it's been a part of the game forever. To me it's one of those things. It, it's kind of, I kind of view it the same way as I view the shift. Like if you can't defend like if you can't counter the shift, then that's your own fault. And it's kind of like with sign stealing. Like if you're if you're putting yourself out there, if you're putting your signs out there, if your communication isn't buttoned up, then that's on you. Like that's your fault. But I mean, with these cameras and stuff, I mean, that's something you can't really control because it's outside of the playing area. Yeah. And rightfully so it should be, there should be something done about that. But I know, uh, this conversation about implementing these rules has, uh, stirred up the conversation about organic sign stealing. And I just thought I'd make it clear that I'm totally on board with organic sign stealing. I did it myself when I played. I'm, yeah, all, I'm, all, I'm all for it. A hundred percent. It's all, I mean, like baseball is known for that. If you're not cheating, you're not trying kind of thing. Right. You're trying to win. You got to give your team an edge. And so if you manage to pick up signs that, hey, catcher's going on third sign or, hey, catcher's going on odds, like as a base runner, that's the organic stuff that you can tip off to your hitter. Um, if a, if a pitcher is tipping pitches, you know what I mean? If I think there was, you know, it's, it's simple stuff with pitchers. It's, are their toes pointing up on fastballs and down on off speed or whatever? Um, you can, or is he looking down for off speed and looking up, you know, like you can pick up on stuff. That's all organic. Right. And And in all those situations, the, the underlying fact is that's on you. Like all of those yeah. things fall back on whoever's responsible for it. The pitcher's tipping, the catcher's not closing up his his legs enough to where you can see sign or where you can't see signs. That's yeah. on them. Yep, I'm cool with it, man. I'm cool with it, and it makes sense. I just, I was just a little shocked to hear that like the teams had cameras in the outfield anyway. I didn't. I don't know. Yeah. So suppose supposedly. Uh, that tactic of filming the opposing catchers from center field, supposedly, I don't know how factual this is. 
Uh, but according to one unnamed general manager, that tactic was used by at least six teams last year. So I don't wow. think it was like these one or two cases that you referenced. Uh, I don't think that was like the end of it. I think this was more, yeah. more prevalent than we thought. Um, this teams is a little more sneaky. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. Like, do whatever you got to do to get an advantage, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, all that to say, I'm glad this is happening. Uh, I'm I'm sick of hearing about Apple watches, right, and right. stuff like that. I I just don't want to be hearing about it anymore. Uh, but something interesting I did find on this when I was looking around uh, the interwebs was that it is kind of. Uh, expanding more on the in-house video restrictions. And it said that, uh, according to this article I was reading, that they will restrict, I guess the league, will restrict the ability of teams to monitor broadcast, allowing only replay officials to watch in real time. The game will be played on an eight-second delay on clubhouse and bullpen monitors, which I thought was fascinating. What? Because it's like that... It doesn't sound like it's a, a major deal, but in terms of being able to to check in on things from time to time when you're working on an eight second delay, I mean, that can, that can drastically affect your, I don't want to say affect your decision-making, but it it can affect your, I guess, perception of where things are at in, in, at that current moment. Does this include like the, whoever they're calling to see if they want to challenge? Does it include that person? I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. It it, it makes for interesting uh, fallout for this instant replay thing that so many people just love to hate. So it'll be interesting to see how all of this how all of this connects. I would I wouldn't mind seeing an actual clock be put on that. Yeah, like if you're gonna have an if you're gonna have a pitching clock, if you're gonna have all this stuff, like have a clock on when you can challenge. Yeah, you know what I mean. Call call is made. You got forty five seconds. You got thirty seconds. Whatever, because I'm getting tired of like the on deck hitter like not getting in the box yet. The manager holding up his hand. Yeah, it's like it's like a phone. Like it's like a conveyor belt line where people are like one person puts up their hand, the next person puts up their hand, then it then the manager puts up his hand, the assistant coach puts up his hand. It's like all right, we get it. You're like waiting to figure it out, but because all of that happens. It just slows the game up. Yeah, so seriously. I'm all for a clock. One thing for for football is that like I kind of like the whole red flag thing for challenging. Like it's exciting. You the camera will flash to the coach on the sidelines and like whether he's got it hiding in his sock or in his pocket or whatever, and you see him that kind of he kind of fiddles with it. You see his hand move. You're like oh 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 yeah, <laughs> kind of thinking about it, and then he drops it right. I love it. Why don't we have something like that for the MLB? I don't like this whole hand up, let's wait for it. Okay, let's go ahead and do it kind of thing. You here's know? an and idea. They, all, they Here, all signal for the headset. Here's an idea. Put up a cornhole board <laughs> in the opposing team's dugout. And if you want a challenge, you give the manager, the manager gets a bean bag. <laughs> and if you chuck it in the other team's dugout and you get it, in the cornhole board, <laughs> you can challenge. If not, tough cookies. It's hilarious. I like it. That seems fun. And we're all about we're, making baseball more fun, right? Just flip a coin. So we're here. No, 
Forget screw the coin. <laughs> I want cornhole. I want cornhole. Uh, but yeah, all that to say, all of this on is expected. Deck. How about this? That's the job of the on deck circle guy. You got cornhole and on deck circles. That's no, because then then you run the risk of guys injuring themselves. Right. You don't want them that, chucking bean bags. This, this is realistic. Otherwise, it's very realistic. I'm <laughs> I'm going to create a campaign to get this going and have it in place by the start of 2020. How about on top of the dugout so the fans can see it? I like that. Get the fans involved. Have yeah, the cornhole board. Have the cornhole board. We'll save that for like the seventh inning. The the, the they can select a one lucky fan if they <laughs> to be the designated cornhole thrower in the seventh inning. The casual hundred and seventy foot beanbag tossed. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to run the risk of injury to players because then <laughs> you get all sorts of legal and contractual things involved in it. No, that's just a mess. Let's avoid that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I would personally, I would like to see what 64 year old Bruce Bochy launch a cornhole bag, launch a bean bag into the opposing team's dugout. That's just me. Or you just get like a celeb shot and Steph Curry is like in uniform waiting in the dugout. See, we've got all sorts of ideas working here. Awesome. We're going to have this in place by 2020. You heard it here first. Uh, but no, uh, these rules are expected to be in place by the start of 2019. So if you're, tra- if you're thinking about cheating, don't. Can't. All right. Uh, closing out here with some DMs. Uh, let's, we're getting low on time here. So let's, uh, let's buzz through these. Scott asks, SeatGeek, does... it's answer all your ticket needs. Oh Are you looking for God. tickets? Do you have plans with friends we or family to make it time. to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get no. tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it you even better for you. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. So what does Scott ask? No. Now I'm upset. Would saving $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user using promo code DTD at checkout with SeatGeek make you feel a little better? No. Well, then I can't help you, so let's get to, <laughs> let's get to the DM, shall we? Scott asks, what does Mannequin the Bum's deal for Arenado next year mean for Arenado next year since he's worth three mannequins? Man, three mannequins. um i would think so here's the thing i'm this is just my like off the wall just haven't even really put much thought to it guess i'm gonna say if arnado does get one of these mega deals it would be slightly it'd be worth slightly more but what i am very interested to see is how this deal affects guys like mike trout mookie Betts, so on and so forth That'll be the that'll be the really interesting fallout of this deal. Yeah, Arnado will be taking probably less years, more money per year, in my opinion. Oh boy, our man Gilherme. No, Gilherme. We've gone over this. Gilherme, I'm sorry. We've I've I've already talked to Nate about this. I don't know why he got this wrong. We talked about this on air actually. 
I don't remember. It's Gillermy. Gillermy. Remember, I I played it back for you. I played the recording on air. That was a long time ago. It really wasn't. Asks, how many playoff games will Mannequin play as a Padre? Hmm. Well, I think it depends if he takes that fifth-year opt-out. Because if... Trying to think, I I say within the first five years they mm, I'm gonna have a bold take here, Nate. I'm saying yeah. the first five years of his contract they make the playoffs once. So he plays how many games? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they make it as a wild card team and then they lose out in the NLDS. So I'm gonna say I'll give him a little credit. I'll I'll say they take it five games in LDS. So I'm gonna what is that? That'll be six games. I say one, and they lose in the wild card game. Wow! I thought I had the hot, the hot take. <laughs> Ball and mitt. Ball and yes. mitt, dude. Ball and mitt. Ball and mitt. I thought it was like a name, like Ballin. Ball and mitt. Yes, Balan Mitt asks. <laughs> Why couldn't you space those out at all? Hey, uh, it's his username, man. I I'm, I can't be adding spaces and underscores. That's not my job. It was a rough day. Balan Mitt, I'm sticking with Balan. I like that. Asks, does any athlete deserve or warrant these ludicrous contracts for what they do annually and the effort are majority of athletes way overpaid? So I used to be the guy, I think I've talked about this on here before. I used to be the guy that was in total defense of like first responders and doctors and all that because I can't remember if I've mentioned on here before, my dad was a fireman for like 30 years. Um, so I had like a great deal of respect for the first responders and doctors, like I said. Um, but once I started learning about the business more like more of the business side of baseball and realized how much like how much money is actually in the sport and kind of like the supply and demand of the entertainment and all of that, all of that. I was like, you can't really argue it. Like the money's there. Like people are willing to spend their money to go to these games and essentially pay these contracts or pay for these contracts. So, I mean, we've kind of brought it on ourselves, I guess as fans. Yeah. So, I mean, to say that they deserve it, I mean, that's one thing. But, I mean, there is, there's no doubting that the money is there. The demand is there. The money is there. And if you don't support it, don't support it by watching games or buying merchandise. That's that's all I can say. Otherwise, you're going to see dudes with this money. That's correct. It, so, oh, well. Oaktown Fan 26 asks, what positions did you guys play in high school slash college? So I was shortstop for my entire life until I got to college. And as a freshman, uh, I was fortunate enough to play. But we had like an all-region, maybe even an all, I think he might have been all-American uh, shortstop. Uh, so naturally, I'm not gonna bu- I'm not gonna bump him over to second or third to play as a freshman. So played uh, third base throughout college. So. Uh, high school, I showed up as a catcher and a center fielder. 
eventually moved to shortstop my freshman year, played third base a little bit for varsity, and then moved over to shortstop my senior year. And college um, up the middle, shortstop and second base. Isaac asks, if you could buy any gear, what would be in your baseball bag? Uh, well, to quote uh, one of the folks that said they would buy a thousand A two thousands, which is a mouthful, by the way. Um, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna buy like a thousand Rawlings Pro Prefers because there's no greater glove, and this isn't an ad for Rawlings. Yeah, not yet. This is just how great the Rawlings glove is. Yeah, a Pro Prefer definitely needs to be in the bag for sure. Curry for three underscore asks. Wait, you didn't add. You didn't say what you wanted me. in the bag. I'm saying the same thing. Pro preferred's got to be in there. That's that's a that's. I can't even stray the other way just to have a different answer. Like, <laughs> what about? I don't, even, I don't care about anything. What else. about make of bat? What company are you going with? For are we going wood? Or? No, aluminum. Aluminum. Nowadays, is that even what they're called? I don't even. Can you call them aluminum bats, or do they got some new freaking? They're just metal. They're just material, metal like not material. You know what I'm saying? New freaking alloy yeah. or something stupid. Yeah. Nowadays with bats, um, off of new regulations and stuff, I gotta go with the the because I have a facility, so like I, I keep up to date with the bats. The Louisville Slugger Prime. Is an all white one. Oh, yeah, I've seen, nine, I've seen pictures. The 919. That. that thing is sick. A lot of pop. But if we're going off of old school days, a little throwback to you and you and me killing it in the uh, all star. The BESR days. The uh, You remember that all orange voodoo? The first voodoo that came out, the DeMarini? So Okay, so I thought you were going to say the, all, the orange stealth. No, the voodoo. Dude, remember Bryce Pangman's voodoo and like the whole squad <laughs> used it? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. That but there was sure. no there was no bat better than the the stealth the orange stealth. The stealth is the reason regulations were changed. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure they took some lives of kids I'm, on the baseball I'm field. Sure they did. So yeah, Curry. I think it, well if we're going back to the old school days, BSR, I'm probably going Louisville Slugger slash TPX. Yeah, when I had Ooh, the I when I had the BB Core bats in college, I was I, e- I was an Easton guy. But anyway, you guys were sponsored, or did you have did you have? No, nah, we just had we just had like a, a budget for bats, and coach would get whatever yeah. we wanted. So that's lucky. We were stuck with Rawlings and had to use the fifty one fifty. It's the uh, worst. Throwback. Yeah. All right. Curry for three underscore asks trade proposal. Mets and Yankees. Hicks and Andujar for Syndergaard. You're the New York guy. What are you going with? No. Is Um, it fair to say that looking at like initial reaction, it's not like. A it's completely not crazy. crazy deal. No, it's, it's not crazy. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it. I already said I would have. I already tried the whole proposal of Stanton for Syndergaard, and then you go sign Bryce Harper. But yeah, but if you're getting rid of if you're getting rid of Hicks and Andrew Har, you bring on a pitcher, and then you can go get Harper too. This is fair, but now you need a third baseman. 
But you all have like 74 infielders. I mean, how many more do you need? <laughs> I like Andujar. I like our squad. I No. I mean, I I'm not saying team. you didn't. I, I mean, you all got a talented squad. I was just playing devil's advocate, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Curry, for three underscore. <laughs> well, nice idea. Nice idea, but no. Uh, well, that pretty much wraps up what I got. You got anything? Um, no. <laughs> no, I don't. You got to go anyway. I do gotta got go. stuff to go. I got stuff to do. Big game tonight. Big game tonight. Hashtag go Duke. Hashtag here comes Duke. Hashtag our blue is best. Uh, Hashtag still going to root for UNC. Whatever. Yeah, look for me on TV, though. I'll be down there. And unfortunately, people won't be hearing this likely until I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get it up early before I leave for the game. I don't know. Likely won't happen until after the game. I don't know. But if you do, for whatever reason, hear this before the game, look for me on TV. TV. I'll be down on press row, down on the end, on the left. I'll uh, I'll be wearing all my DTD gear. No, I'm just kidding. That's where, <laughs> that's where Duke stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Oh, another thing. Mentioned it last episode. Call us, leave a voicemail about, give us a rant on, or yeah. give us a hot take about this Machado signing. Call us, or call, no, don't call us, because we're not going to pick up. I already told you. So you don't, <laughs> have, you don't have to worry about talking to us. Call 919-213-0296 and just, just go off. If you're a White Sox fan, just rip into Machado. Rip into <laughs> Mannequin. That's what we're here for. Um, but anyway... As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, I know you haven't thought about it. How many stars? Um, The number of Fast and Furious movies you've seen. That's how many stars you have to put. Well, that's, bad. Like that's bad for us because I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious so oh I'm not going to leave a rating and review. Ridiculous. We love y'all. And as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. What the f- time you to take? You take! Don't tell me you don't see it!